Part two of the Sick and Wrong Holiday Show Spectacular. So speaking of kids, um, Steele, I read a post recently that you wrote about the miracle birth of your your black son. And I was thinking yeah. about this. Yeah, so you actually have children and you're asking me about children in my future. You have children in your past. It, we've never yeah. discussed yeah. this on the show. So I think I'd like to open up here and have a little discussion. What is the name of your son? Like, What's his name? Uh, the name of the son, you know, I can't even tell you what his name is. It was, um, uh, it's so long ago. Did you know? Uh, I mean, did you raise this kid? Like, what? Tell me the whole situation here. Okay, I went with a. She was complete white trash. Well, so am I. I'm complete white trash. And uh, I was dating this girl in the mid '90s. Well, obviously both pale skin, uh, white faced people. And my girlfriend, we were kind of on again, off again a lot over the course of about two years. This would been like '94 through '90s. Six, maybe. Okay. And, uh, or 95, 97, somewhere in that general area. And uh, we talked about this on From the Bill. We actually, I think we did a special, like an after show or something about it, or a, a special MySpace post or something we did about it. But we, uh, <laughs> anyway, I was dating this bro, and she fucking she got knocked up. And uh, I were you exclusive, knew, you know, though, at the time? Were well, you guys it, exclusive at the time when she got knocked well, up? We like I said, we were kind of on and get off again, but we only like we break up for a couple of days and then get back together and this and that. And I wasn't sure, like part of me thought, well, there's no because I was going through my head like in terms of like she was on Depovera or whatever that um, it was like a shot or something you get that it's like birth control that keeps you for three months like and then you got to get every three months. And then she was also on a pill at one point, and I was using wow. rubbers when I first started dating her and. And she came back to me and said she was pregnant. Now, this is like a year into the fucking relationship, like, or whatever. She goes back and she's like, you know, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm right. like, oh. Yeah, what was your that? initial reaction? Were you mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to go straight to Planned Parenthood. You're getting an abortion. Or were you just like, I'm going to be a dad? No, I, no, I was, I was certainly, the wheels were certainly spinning on how, how I'm getting out of this situation. <laughs> and, uh, this was before, this was before the morning after pill, if I recall. I don't think that was out at that time. Maybe it was, but I think the morning think after pill essentially was whiskey back then or Southern comfort. I think, you know, the morning after pill then was a coat hanger and a flight of stairs. <laughs> uh, but, uh, 
the uh, she starts screaming. I'm like, oh fuck! Like, my first reaction is off, like, because obviously I'm was bang, we're banging pretty much every night we were together, and I'm like, fuck! Like, how am I? And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to like be like not be pissed at like. I was trying to just—I was very neutral in my reaction, trying not to show that I was very upset. I don't—I don't want a kid. Mm. And she she got pregnant, and so as time started going on, I started thinking to myself as the weeks started going on after she told me this. And when she told me, she was probably already a month or so, maybe a month and a half pregnant. She wasn't really showing or anything yet. And mm. uh, so I'm like, as time went on, I started kind of putting two to two together, and I'm like, I don't know if this is. If this is mine, like there's a there's a fifty fifty that it's mine and maybe some other dudes. Okay, so you were suspicious from the get go. No, I was suspicious. There was no doubt about me being suspicious all the way along. And I'm like, and of course I'm I'm hoping, like I I I don't care if she she went and banged some other dude. I'm hoping that it's that guy's seed and not my. Believe I'm like I'm not like thinking like oh this better be my kid or anything like. I'm hoping the complete opposite. Yeah, but But at the same time though, you're supporting this girl through the pregnancy and doing all the uh, the stuff like, you know, a, a, a father-to-be would have to do, which is kind of shitty. Well, yeah, to a point, but not really, because we were kind of like, once once this kind of came about, we, again, we said we were still on again, off again during that period, and I was I was still like, anytime she wanted to spend, spend the night, I was like, no, fuck, I'm going home. Like, I'd leave at like 11 o'clock once I banged her, and I wanted to bang, like, my whole thing during this thing was I thinking, I was a pretty young guy. I was in my early 20s and uh, mid-20s, maybe. And I, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm thinking, you know, I want to I wanna bang this broad when she's nine months. But I'm going to bang a pregnant broad. Like, that's my whole line of thinking was so inappropriate the whole time. Like, this is my, because none of my friends had kids yet or any of nobody bang, At that point, nobody I knew was married or had kids or any of this stuff. And none of them ever banged a nine-month pregnant broad. Are you attracted so, to, uh, to pregnant women? I'm not, but I banged three of them, and none of them. You're my just kids, gonna like so. Jacques Cousteauing, like going where no man had gone before. You're that ex- and obviously explore. sometimes you don't. When you look like me, you don't have an option. It's either the fat one or the pregnant one, and the pregnant one's usually a better story. So I'm going with the one that's not that. <laughs> but um, what so position anyway, did you bang her in? Like just from behind? What's that? What when position? Do you, when they're, when they're nine months pregnant, what position do you use? Is she on well, top? It, it's a gradual. It's a gradual process because obviously she, she was kind of tiny. She didn't really get that big belly till probably five months in, maybe where it really started. She started looking like a fucking balloon, and uh, so I could you could fuck, you could lay them on their back and fuck them and spread. And you you know you put your hand on the on the bubble. I, I call it riding the bubble. You fucking you <laughs> did a hand a ever grab your dick? Yeah, a little finger. <laughs> Well, I was I was always hoping for that because then I could say I was in a threesome. Uh, but uh, you're riding the bubble, and you once in a while, as it got you know seven months in or whatever, you could kind of once in a while feel the baby like kick your hand when you're leaning against it with your foot when you're fucking mm-hmm. the broad. But yeah, then yeah, as we got you know, later, you had to kind of turn him over in like fucking doggy style for the most part. At least that's the only way she was comfortable doing it. And I figured at that point it's a freebie for me because I can blow my load wherever I want because he's already knocked up. I can't, you know, you can't knock her up twice. Yeah, so, I guess that's true. Uh, you know, so I, it was a freebie for me. And I kept thinking the whole time I'm going, this can't be my, there's a 50-50, this isn't going to be my game. But anyway, I, I stay with it. And it was around Christmas time. It was the week before Christmas, I think, is when she gave birth. I know it was in December. It was Wait, like mid to late December. Steel, why didn't you get a paternity test? 
I don't think uh, you well, can do that until the kid's out. You can't, yeah, oh, you can't the do kid that. has to be born? You can't just do a prenatal one? No, I don't think that. Maybe they can now, but back then, no, you had to wait till that fucking kid came shooting out like a t-shirt cannon. Uh, so, no. <laughs> so you were prepared then to be a father. You're like, all right, you know what? Maybe this kid's not mine, but I'm just going to stick stick to it here. I was. She already had two kids from. She was. She was divorced and had two kids, white kids. And uh, I was. I, I figured, you know, she didn't want to get an abortion. I kind of, you know, kind of leaned that way. Like, hey, you know, you know, we're not married, and I don't, you know, I don't know the circumstances of what we're going to do, you know, going on forward. If, you know, do whatever you want. This choice is up to you. Because obviously, guy is kind of out of the loop. You can't. You have no decision making in terms of what they're going to do with that kid, unless, like I said, you kick him down the stairs like a kickball. Were but, uh, uh, Were you living in her trailer, or was she living in your trailer? <laughs> She was living, we were living separately. If she wanted me to move in, this whole, even from like fucking a month or two after we started dating, long before she ever got fucking, uh, you know, impregnated, she wanted to move. And I, I'm fucking, I can't, I can't even sleep on my own, let alone next to somebody. So we never moved in together, but I was over there a lot. And I once in a while occasionally stay the night, but I'd be out of there as, as soon as I could get up in the morning and leave. But she was living in Saginaw at the time, and she she had a house, but the house, which is obviously sounds weird because most girls I don't, they do have a mobile home or a trailer, <laughs> but she had the house because she was divorced, and it was the house, you know, the guy she lived in, they were married, she got the house when they got divorced. Mm. So anyway, I kind of thought, well, we'll stick through this, and I, I guess wherever it goes, it goes. If it's mine, it's mine. If it's not, it's not. Well... We go to the fucking Covenant, or at the time it wasn't Covenant, it was, uh, they had two, two hospitals. It was a Saginaw, I don't remember. There were two different Saginaw hospitals. Now they kind of combine them into one. And she gave birth there, and we were up in the delivery room or the birthing room, and, you know, we got the, the nurses and the doctors and everybody there. Were you and in the, the room, babies, like, during the labor? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking, I got the full guard on and the fucking scrubs and everything, you know? Oh, wow. And, <laughs> And uh, I'm in the room, and she starts, you know, her, her cunt starts dying. Is that proper? I should maybe say that I had to be medically correct. But she's dilating, uh, right? Her cervix is dilating. Yeah. The, the baby's crowning, right? The baby's coming out. Yeah, well, I was sitting home. I remember I was I was sleeping on the couch at her house in the living room. She had a two, two-story uh, residence. And she was up napping upstairs and all of a sudden I hear her yell, Oh my god, my water broke and I was watching like James Bond Moonraker or something on TBS at the time. Okay, now so we're like, talking about the black James Bond after this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the black Annie. Uh but uh anyway, she she yells my water broke and I'm like, Oh fuck, here we go. So I'm like, all right, let's get fucking in the car and let's get our asses over there. So we I go over to the hospital, go into the delivery room, they dilate, you know, whatever they do, they fucking do something that to help dilate the pussy even further or something to get this kid ready to fucking pop out. So anyway, I'm in the delivery room and I'll, the kid starts, the head starts crowning. It's coming out head first and the fucking, they're pulling it out with the forceps and all that shit. And you can't really, at this time I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, is that white or is that black? Cause it's coming out and it's like, it's covered in blood. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to even make out, even if it's a kid, it looks like a fucking, puppy at this point did it have like big bug eyes you know like big bulging no, eyes no, like, that was the other thing just like, screaming no, I know absolutely. My eyes. that's a good sign 
<laughs> they pull the baby out and they rinse it, and all of a sudden I can see it. Uh, I'm like, I fucking, I, 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 a sigh of relief came over me. The biggest, it's probably the biggest emotional relief I've ever had in a, like a moment span in my entire life. The baby pops out, they rinse off the fucking blood, and I can tell this fucking thing is like an octoroon or a mulatto. Well, uh, okay, wait, wait. But, but, black, but children there. have like weird skin tone. I mean, did it look like Bernie Mac? I mean, was it clearly a... <laughs> no, he wasn't, he wasn't pitch black, but it was dark enough along with the nap because it had, it had hair. It had nappy hair. How big was the like, penis? Yeah, did it have a, like a big-ass dong? No, it wasn't hung like Lexington Steel, if it's pretty fast. <laughs> but it came out, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like looking at it. It's dark enough, you know, because, yeah, you're right, Lance. Some babies... Even if they're white, they're kind of dark and they're all fucking yeah. bruised and bloody. And coming and yeah. Some weird skin rashes. Yeah, but this thing it had, like, it, it looked like a manchichi. It had it, it had nappy hair, like just enough hair that was like nappy and curly, like a half row. And it was just dark enough, even after they rinsed it out and warmed it up and everything, like I'm thinking, oh, thank Thank goodness this is not my Thank child. Thank Al Sharpton. Yeah, this is uh, this is <laughs> like it's a Christmas miracle. So at that point, did you just say, you know, you're a slut, I'm out of here? Like, how, what happened? No, the, or did the, you stay and hold the baby? The, the best part about it was the nurses, like once the, the, the nurses had their hand and stuff, and they all came up to me, like the nurse and, and the, 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 there were several, you know, you're in that fucking delivery room. There's people, you don't even know who these people are. They could have just roamed in off the street. There were like 20 fucking people in there. Anyway, the nurses came up to me and they're like congratulating me. And I'm like, this whole time, I'm like, oh, thank God, that's not mine. Thank God, that's not mine. And they're congratulating me. However, the doctor realizes that can't be my kid. And the doctor's like looking at the nurses and I can see him on the corner of my eye. And he's like doing a nonverbal, like, uh, uh, don't, uh, I don't think that's his kid. Like trying to like make it subtle that, you know, maybe you don't want to congratulate him too much. And what were you doing? A, like, were you trying to high five him? Were you doing like a touchdown I, dance, yeah, like spiking see, the football steal, and like, like <laughs> hanging off the fucking crossbeam? I was so like, I was so relieved. Like I was just kind of in my own. Like I was like, oh my god, this is. I, I, I'm so elated right now that this is not my kid. And you know, it was, you know, it was right before the birth of the baby Jesus. It was like a week before Jesus's birthday. So it's that's why birth. I consider the miracle birth instead of the immaculate conception in the in the month of November. I consider the miracle birth a white broad who has a white boyfriend giving birth to a black baby. Well, I mean, what what if, like, by some weird twist of fate in your genetics, like, your great-grandfather was black? Well, that could be. I mean, we do. Everybody here probably has some uh, ancestor that was a plantation owner or worked the, on a plantation as a white folk. I'm sure that could be possible. I'm I don't sure think it's happens, like red but, hair where it's like each, you know, fifth generation one just, pops out. So no, what, like what happened then, Steele? Were you just like, I'm out of here, have fun with the kid? I banged her a couple more times after that, and then obviously, obviously, I knew that was because I wanted. I didn't even want to date her after we were fucking dating for six months. I wanted. I, I didn't really want to date her after that, but we kept kind of breaking up. And I, it was an easy lay. You know how it is. You date abroad, and it's a fucking. It's a. You want to work to get laid. You're fucking so you kind of hang out with them and still bang them. So when this pregnancy thing came in, I thought, fuck, there's a 50% chance I'm locked into this relationship in one way, shape, or form, even if it's child support or, you know, still having contact with her 20 years down the road with this kid. And it, to me, it was like, 
it was my ticket like now I have yeah. leverage. I'm out of this relationship. I'll bang you on occasion, but for the most part, this relationship isn't going any further. So did you ever so, meet the real father? Like, was it Gary Coleman? <laughs> no, it was Emmanuel Lewis, actually. <laughs> but, uh, no, she, she knew because she talked to it when the fucking kid came out. Obviously, when the kid comes out and it's a fucking quadrilune or a quadroon or an octoroon or whatever the fuck it was, she cop, obviously she had a cop to it, but she banged some black guys on the side, which made my self-esteem real well. You know, my little white fucking awful penis and she's fucking banging black guys. It made me feel just beautiful inside. But uh, she had to cop to it. Like, I, I, when we were kind of hiding and off again once in a while, I'd bang a black guy on the side or this or that. And like, so she knew a couple of guys or whatever. And she, they, I think, did get a paternity test eventually and figured out which one it was. Because, you know, all black people look the same. So, uh... Anyway, they got the paternity test, and I think he wound up having to pay child support at some point. But I was pretty much out of the loop after that. Uh, I'd bang her. You know, I'd still we kept in touch a little bit, and I'd bang her every so often, but we weren't. We were no longer a quote-unquote couple. But when I was banging her after that, believe me, I was fucking using two rubbers and everything. Like, the last thing I want to do is get out, you know, get my jail, uh, get out of jail free card, and then fucking knock her up myself. Yeah, I could, I could imagine you using a body condom on that one, especially because at this point, she's got three kids, and she's just got another one. You don't want to have, have to raise, like, five kids. So, um, right, right. so you're lucky there. Wow, Seal, yeah, that, that, that is the story. That is a Christmas miracle. So your kid would have been 18 years, 18 years old. Would you have moved the whole family into the dorm room? Uh, that was before I owned the dorm room, but if, you know, if, if I had the dorm room... Uh, I, I probably would have. I wouldn't have had much of a choice. I would have, or I probably would have moved into her house actually, because she had a pretty decent sized house. So I probably would have moved into there. But we wouldn't, even if it was my kid. I can assure you, we wouldn't have been together much. They probably had a couple of years at the moment. I mean, we, we were not compatible people. I mean, we just weren't compatible. So I don't think it would have lasted if it was my kid or not my kid. But I mean, there's nothing worse than having that you know, hang over you for your lifetime, knowing full well that you don't want to be with this person. So yeah, it worked out for everybody's sake, I think. Could you imagine having Steel as your dad? Yeah, I don't know. Like that, 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 that'd be great. I, th- I think it would be funny. I bet you would have made the kid drink Altez, you know, when he oh, turned 16. Sure. Before they discontinued it. Now, you can't, you know, you can't do that with kids nowadays because they, they don't make it anymore. But yeah. Five bucks a case, you can't go wrong. All right, well, you know, I've always wondered, uh, the, 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 I always wanted to hear the story of your black child. It's a nativity so. story. It's a nativity story. And I, I like the use of the word octoroon. I don't think I've heard anybody say that since I watched Django Unchained. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we got some phone calls to get to uh, and uh, possibly another story here. So stick around. First, uh, here's another word from our sponsor. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you'd love more, right? Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. Select one item and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter offer code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E at AdamandEve.com. So, Steele, uh, are you drinking eggnog over there? I hate it, Doc. I don't know how you can drink that shit. 
You're not in the holiday protein. spirit. It's you know, <laughs> it is it is all protein. You know, I don't usually like. We brought this up on the show before. I'm not a fan of ranch dressing or mayonnaise or anything that you could easily conceal semen in. But I like eggnog, which is just you know, eggnog is more tummy than all that stuff. Like mayonnaise, I would say out of yeah, out of liquids, uh, I'd say it is the cummiest of liquids. It's, it looks more like ejaculate than like, I mean, man, somebody's coming and it looks like fucking mayonnaise. They need to go to their urologist. It's all thick and fuck. But yeah, that eggnog is very cum-like. And, and so you're drinking the cummiest of all the things that you disdain. Yeah. Yours is cummier than both of them. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's ironic. I, I can't really explain why. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like the taste of eggnog. Wackerly actually doesn't have any eggnog uh, the show either. He ended up not, and he's got a two-foot Christmas tree. <laughs> no Christmas spirit going on with this sick and wrong holiday show. Um, who's, a, who's a two-foot Christmas tree for, Vern Troyer? <laughs> it is about the size of Vern Troyer. I was at, I was at Wackerly's house a couple weeks ago, and it's the smallest Christmas tree I've ever seen. Well, at least you've got a Christmas tree. I've never had a Christmas tree in my life. Well, when I was growing up, I, my family, but like me, myself, I've never had a Christmas tree. Not even like a little table one. But you little, you know, you put little fucking. But do you have like a pyramid of beer cans, like of high life cans with a little, I don't know, crumpled tinfoil on the top? No, I don't drink a lot. Of, I mean, I have beer like for people if they, you know, the, the one time every five years somebody stops over, I get a fucking shitload of beer. But I'm a bourbon guy, so I, I got a, I have a whole fully stocked bar. But I usually when I'm drinking alone at home, I'm drinking like bourbon or scotch or some form of some form of whiskey, Irish whiskey or uh, Jack Daniels or something. Is, is that what your parents get you for uh, Christmas, or they just buy you another thing of bourbon? Like a bottle of I bourbon. Do get, I do. I do get a bottle of bourbon. Yes, and I usually get my parents and my brother and shit booze. It's basically trading restaurant gift cards and booze is what our holidays have amounted to in the last ten years. Yeah, but at least that's a useful gift, though. Instead of getting some like piece of crap, you're going to end up like regifting or throwing away. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I have no problem. Like, everybody says gift cards are thoughtless. No, they're the most fucking thoughtful thing in the world. I mean. Instead, because you're not making, like, you give me a fucking sweater or something, most likely I don't wear sweaters for one, but if you got me, like, even, like, a, a hooded sweatshirt or something, I'm probably not going to like it. I'm probably not going to fit right. It's probably going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to have to take it back anyway and exchange it. So, yeah, I, I, gift cards are the most thoughtful thing you can give to somebody other than a Craigslist whore or something. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a bottle of bourbon. So, steel. Um, I was, we were talking about this pre-show and I was thinking about this actually. Why don't you be a mall Santa? Like just during, you know, during the, the, the month of December, I imagined you could make some money. Like, have you ever thought about doing that? No, because I think to be a mall Santa, yeah, I, I, and I'm sure most mall Santas hate children as much as I do. Because they, especially, they you see some of these mall Santas, they look absolutely fucking miserable with their lives. And that's me. I hate kids, but they have a hatred that's at least to a level of tolerance. Whereas I don't even have, I have no tolerance for children, like none whatsoever. So and you could even deal like with it for like an hour. A day or a couple hours, even if you're making like fifty bucks an hour. Do they? I don't think it paid that much. Do they? Get, do you think they make that Actually, much I don't an know. hour? I mean, Wackerly, how much do ball Santas make? <laughs> do you want me to Google it? No, I don't I'm know. just wondering if you knew right, off the top of your head. 
I, I guess they probably I, make I, like I do twenty know, bucks an I hour. do know a mall Santa. You know, have you personally? seen these people? How oh, many no, people he hangs out at the bar that I hang out at? He in year round he he wears a Cincinnati uh, Reds jersey and he has a red uh, fedora. Uh, and he's he's a real he's an he's RBS. a real beard he's a real beard a Santa real beard. so year round he has a big white beard uh, and he's not a super fat guy so I don't know how he does that but uh, uh, he's at the bar every day <laughs> and he also yeah, all drunks I mean there was also a, there's a there's a History Channel documentary about a, a weed dispensary out here and I saw him on that once so he also must smoke a lot of weed uh, but the other day on Christmas Eve I went to the bar. And he was there, and he was in full regalia. He like was in full, the Santa outfit? And not just any, you know, the generic sort of like, you know, oh, it's a fuzzy red jacket with a white fringe. Right. He was in yep. like historical European Santa garb with like Ooh, weird like shit Nick hanging on. Yeah, like Saint yeah. Nick. It was wow. crazy. He was like, you know, he was kicking Chris Kringle. He like, was kicking Kringles for sure. Kicking the yeah, Kringles. Wow, that's something else. But I could, yeah, I could all, ask him right yeah, Steel, I mean, you could be a real beard because you have a beard. You just need to grow it a little longer. And it needs to be white. Yeah, yeah and it is graying. It is getting a little whiter every year. So I could probably be one, but like I said, I hate kids. And I'd rather, like, I, my thing is, do they do a background check on these people? I look at some of these guys, and there's no way these guys are on some sort of sex offender registry somewhere. Yeah, and that you probably meet a lot of single moms. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, they, when you're mall walking, do you see those Santas, like, walking into the uh, the mall? <laughs> don't they, they have shifts? Of, like, at the mall here, I know they got, they, at least they used to, these have shifts. Like, one Santa, that's how fucking, you, you know these guys are on fire. They're, they're, they got to have fucking, they got to be pedals. Like, they got to, like, they come in for two hours, and then they get relieved by another Santa for two hours. Like, here... At the mall, at least at like Hampton and Bay City, they used to have like intervals. Like they'd have rotating Santas all day long, so it wasn't always the same Santa. And you can't tell me, just look at the population itself, the percentages of people that are on sex offender registries. You can't tell me if you're fucking exchanging, turning in and out 10 different Santas in a mall every day to fucking put up with these little shitheads. You can't tell me that there's not at least one or two of them that are doing some diddling. Somebody's diddling. That's the thing. You think about it, you know, just Murphy's Law would say, you know, normally when you're with a woman, you can't get your dick hard. But the second you're in a Santa suit sitting there with a child on your lap, swing. And then oh, it's yeah. just talking about an inappropriate motor at a very inappropriate time. That's, and then you know that's going to happen. And then what, you know, you get arrested. The, the mom screams. I bet you someone yeah, wear those a, lap dance pants, the diaper. Yes, yes, he'll get the lap dance <laughs> pants for his Santa suit. So you don't yeah, it's just a fun. harmless election. I mean, we all get, you know, I got to tell you what, it, remember when you were growing up as a teenager, you, 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 you couldn't control when you got your boners. Now, like I said, fuck, if, if I were to get a boner in that situation, that'd probably be an issue because I shouldn't, I don't get boners in fucking, even when I'm fucking rubbing my own dick for fucking 20 minutes sometimes. So they were probably an issue, but if like you were, if there was a younger person playing on Santa Claus, they have boners 90% of the fucking day from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed. And yeah, they could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time with a very inappropriate boner with a kid on his lap. And all of a sudden he's fucking doing time. So yeah. two years in probation and that's to put a sign in his yard. Yeah, exactly. Sex offender registry for life. Um, yeah. I, so, uh, I read an interview here, I think it was from Vice with a mall Santa. It's only 23 years old. This guy's named Billy Aerosmith. And, uh, <laughs> he was talking about like, there's, there's rules. There's like a whole, 
lexicon, like a code, like a series of code words that these Santas use. Like you always have to maintain character. You're never allowed to say your real name. Even the elves don't know your real name. So they have nicknames for you. Um, but there's terms like the real, a real beard is somebody who does not have to wear a prosthetic or a fake beard. So a man old okay. enough to have an actual full white beard. So that's what I'm saying. Steel, you probably could be a real beard if you worked on it a little bit. Um, a special Santa is a black Santa. So, yeah, so when they say, like, uh, they've requested a special Santa, because I guess it's derogatory to say I want a black Santa. But what about, like, an Asian Santa? We all just thought it was retarded. Like, I thought you were maybe requesting a Santa, like, like Chris Burke has an outfit or some sort of retarded person. Well, that might be a good job for Dougie, too, though. Yeah, Dougie could be a, a special Santa, you know? He may have already been one. Though. I think he was in a Santa outfit at one point. I think I've seen him in a Santa outfit at some point. Well, they said it's an archaic term, the special Santa, because originally... You'd have to pull an elf aside and say you wanted, you like request a black Santa. But some people felt kind of weird about doing that. So to make it more friendly, they changed it to a special Santa. But now. So what do you say if you want a chink or a stick or a gook or, like, how do you, or a Jew Santa? How about a Jew Santa? Like, are they special Santas too? Or do they have their own code name? You, this guy doesn't go into it. But I wonder what would happen. I guess I've never really seen an Asian Santa. Have you ever seen an Asian Santa? I haven't. I haven't. And I couldn't imagine, you could probably request a Hanukkah Harry, but I can't imagine you requesting a Jewish Santa. Or Santa Steen, maybe that's the Jewish Santa goes by Santa Steen. Or... Can I request a Santa Berg? How about a gay Santa? There you go. Uh, that, yeah. You know, you see a lot of gay guys that kind of, some gay guys really are into that Santa look. Yeah, that's true. You, know, you see that, those bears. Oh, absolutely. Those are called bears, I believe, in the gay community. So apparently calling uh, the black person special made people feel uncomfortable. So now they've changed it to a good looking Santa. So when you say, I want my child to see a good looking Santa, that means a black Santa. Huh? So it's uh, that's the that's, new term. That's more derogatory than special. So like, good, like now you're, now they're fucking cutting hair. Cause Oh, I want a good looking Santa. Even though the black guy might be fucking hideous. He could be the right. black elephant man. And you say, I want a good looking Santa. Now, that's a little bit, to me, that's more insensitive than calling him special Santa. Yeah. And special Santa is more derogatory than just saying black Santa. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with black Santa? I'd ask, if I wanted one, I'd ask for one. It, it made people feel uncomfortable. I mean, I guess you could say African American Santa. Would the black Santa be offended, though, if, you know, you're having a. a Christmas party for your kids and you order a special black Santa, but then black Santa shows up and none of the kids are black. <laughs> you just wanted a black man you just wanted you dressed up like Santa. Santa. Cause like, like your fucking, uh, what's her name? The butter lady. Yeah. That, oh, like, uh, Andrew no, Paula Dean. <laughs> Paula Dean. Yeah. Paula, oh, Paula Dean. Dean. Yeah. When yeah. I was growing up in the South, all the Santas were black. We told them what to do and they did it. <laughs> So they say here, stuffing is to give yourself a fake belly with towels or pillows. So I imagine steel, you'd either have to gain some weight for the holiday season, drink a lot of eggnog, or um, you probably would have to stuff because, uh, you know, you're not that overweight. So you'd have to get the belly. So you'd probably have to stuff a bit, dye your beard white or spray it with some like spray white stuff. And uh, then you'd, you, could be, uh, you could be a special Santa. <laughs> You probably should well, have sunglasses even, on. Oh, to be, for me to be a special Santa, i got to go in blackface because I can't, like, special Santa means black Santa, right? So I, if they wanted me to go special Santa, I'd have to go Pure L. Jolson. Yeah, I'm a little Yeah, that, that's, that's true. 
It says here, uh, a drunk Santa's called it, the Santa's filled with Christmas cheer. Because I can imagine most of those Santas aren't sober when you're sitting there for that oh. shift through the mall. I couldn't imagine I doing that. deal with those little fuckheads all day long. Uh, yeah, no, it's fate worse than death. Uh, finally here, I, Sa- Santa Groupie is a woman who makes sexual, advanced at, uh, sexual advances at Santa. And I guess there's a lot of weird uh, stories about women who have a thing for Santas, like mall Santas. And that's what they do. You know, they wait till this time of year. And they hook up with mall Santas. So, you know, Steel, I mean, that sounds promising. I don't there's know what other action you got going on. It, that does not surprise me. There, yeah. is, there is a fetish for everything. Although, you know, if you're going to fucking bang a mall Santa, you might as well bang the Salvation Army person standing outside J.C. Penney's. Yeah, you're probably going to get a disease. Yeah, there's hepatitis involved in that transaction, for sure. Do you think that Santa's wear, uh, use like that trucker donut thing? Because you know, they're sitting there all day. People are like loading kids on their lap. And some of these kids are pretty fat, if you've seen any of them. Uh, well, it seems like it, there might be a risk of hemorrhoidification. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if they use one of those hemorrhoid donuts. I would. You almost have to, at yeah. some, especially some of these guys that are older that do it, I'm sure, which I love the old 1800s term for hemorrhoids, the piles. Yeah, the so piles. Some of these older guys might have the piles. I just wonder if they do a background check on these guys. Because, I mean, they, they definitely should. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there are some places that do, but there's so many of these fucking makeshift fucking cop job Santas that are out there at, you know, parades and malls and this and that. I don't, and there's no license. Like, there isn't a state licensing board for Santas. So, and some of them do it on their own. They're not, like, through an agency or something like that. So the ones, if they're in an agency, then, yeah, maybe the agency does some sort of background check to make sure they're not fucking diddling every kid between California and Montana. But some of these ones that are just self-proclaimed, hey, I'm a Santa, hire me for 50 bucks an hour or whatever. There's, there's no way nobody's doing a background check on them. Yeah, exactly. That's why uh, I I would just be nervous to uh, let my kids sit on some mall Santa. I well, mean, it's, it, parents nowadays are the douches. So they're fucking always complaining about how oh, online predators. They're trying to bang our kids every two seconds. Everybody wants to bang our fucking kids. Yeah, they'll go to the mall and they'll send little Jimmy and Sally up to fucking sit on some old pervert's lap that they've never fucking seen before. See, see, Wackerly Steel would have made a great father. <laughs> it's unfortunate that kid wasn't yours. All right, we got a couple more phone calls and we got to get out of here. Uh, this is an Is That Gay call that uh, I figured, you know, we haven't played any Is That Gay calls for a while here. We got Steel on the show. We might as well. Um, here's the theme music. I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick ass. Is that gay? I just watched my brother jerk off. Is that gay? I'm at the urinal and this guy's looking over the wall. Is that gay? sound like a queer nothing but i think you've got a really nice ass so that's supposed to insinuate i know a lot about the case hi d hi lance yeah it's matthew the scottish kid um now recently it was my 17th birthday and it was my friend's 18th birthday wacker you remember this kid that scottish kid that used to call the show all the time yeah he sounds like he's uh gone through puberty all of a sudden yeah he's like gone through puberty and now he sounds like uh like the braveheart guy or something yeah i thought i was sean connery very, very, like, stood together. And as I'm, like, six foot four, I don't get ID'd to go into nightclubs despite being underage. And one thing struck me very, very, sort of, to the bone. It was quite visceral. And I'm not sure how to feel about it. It's sort of an is-this-gay question as well, in a way. Um, you know the uh, bathroom attendants at nightclubs? When you walk in, they look at you like you're a piece of shit, even though they're working in a fucking bathroom and probably in the country illegally. 
and then you've got to tip <laughs> them for them watching you pee. And then, like, I'd go and I say, it's like, oh man, that makes it creeps me the fuck out. And they're like, oh man, uh, come on, it, it's really awful for them. It's their job to watch you pee. But also, it's their job to watch me pee. That, that's fucked up. It's a gay. That that's their employment for watching you pee. Because if someone gave me a job and said, man, we're going to pay you handsomely if you get to watch folk piss all day, drunkenly piss all day, and snort coke off toilet seats, I would go, okay, let me do that job for a week for the cash, and then I'm fucking out here because that's gay. Well, technically, it's their job to hand you the towel. Come I mean, on. they're not supposed to watch he you knows pee. That. I mean, I, well, you, the thing is, though, I find bathroom attendants to be, well, superfluous and kind of creepy. It's just yeah, weird. I, I mean. Like could you imagine just sitting in a bathroom all day and having to smell that smell and just watch different oh, guys come in to relieve themselves? It's just, I don't think it's gay because it's obviously this guy's job. Unless, I mean, imagine, I imagine most gay people wouldn't even be into that. But uh, it's, it's the whole thing. It's just unnecessary. It's like, dude, I came in here to piss. I was going to wash my hands. You don't have to hand me a towel. And now I got to tip you? And I think it's the Jew in me that, uh, that that's why I don't like them so much. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's gay either. I mean, I. I mean, shit. You know. I mean, we've all seen a fucking bunch of dicks. I mean, I've showered and playing football after the game with a bunch of fucking swinging dicks on each side of me, and fucking. That's not. You know. If you're getting paid to do that, I just think, like you said, I think it's an unnecessary position, and we don't. Fortunately, and at least here. Some of the places in Detroit do, but we don't have the bathroom attendant or a porter or whatever you call them in any place like where I live. So it's very, it's creepier for me when I see one because it's very uncommon. So when I walk into a bathroom, and, and usually the one I do see it, it's, it's, it's like it's like fucking from 1860. All, the porters, wherever I've ever been, are always black. So I don't know if it's just a job to give the black guys in this country. But anyway, they're always they're also not yeah, only are they black, but aren't they always like sixty-five or seventy years old? It seems like yeah, they're they're exactly they're a much older older generation than like me. And they're in there and they they give you a cologne. They ask you if you want cologne and shit. But yeah, I don't understand the point. You know, last thing I want is a fucking bottle of British Sterling that's got all these pissy hands all over it. <laughs> like I'm gonna fucking splash on some cheap fucking cologne. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand the point. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's the thing. In L.A., they're mostly uh, Hispanic dudes, and they're just kind of sitting there, and then they look at you like, oh, you're not going to tip me? And I purposely don't take their towel. I'll go to the, to the uh, dispenser, and I'll just grab a towel. Because I'm like, you know what? I can wipe my own hands, and I can get my own towel. And that justifies me not tipping them. Wow. Yeah, well, I don't, I just walk, I don't use any towel. I just, I, I touch my dick. I don't, if I take a piss, I don't wash my hands when I leave a public restaurant. You don't even wash your hands? No, not even taking a piss. And I don't, I'm not one of these guys that, like, I don't understand this either. When I go out, like, if I'm at a bar or something, who's the guy that's shitting at the bar at 1.30 in the morning? Who's the guy taking a towel? I never, other than a few emergency occasions where maybe I fucking had fucking diarrhea or something, had to use, but there's some people that, like, will go out for the night to a bar and hang out, and they'll fucking always have to take a shit at some point. I don't know who that guy is, yeah. but it's never been me, but there's always somebody shitting. <laughs> That's the worst, too, shitting in a bar toilet that everybody's pissed oh. on. Probably doesn't even have the, the seat anymore because it's been ripped off. Oh, uh, you got to hover. Yeah, the, the, it's in the bars in Bay City. You've been to those before. And they're yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Like, 
You don't want to be shitting in a Bay City bar at midnight on a Friday. Believe me. You're fucking, you're slipping because the floor is covered in piss. It's like you're hydroplaning, and then you're trying to hover over top of it. I don't know who that guy is, but every time I go into a bar or bathroom at some point, there's somebody taking a shit at all times. Like, somebody's in there. Not, you know, there must be just a lot of people that go and do that. And then, but the porter... Like you said, he has to smell that. I don't think it's gay, but it'd be a horrible job to have. I don't know what they pay those guys, or if it's all tips, all based on tips, if they have a base pay. But, they should uh, have that guy go to uh, junior high assemblies and talk to the kids, you know, like about yeah. staying in school. And <laughs> not this is where you're going to wind up. It's got to be worse than being a mall Santa, though. All right, so in answer to your question, I don't think it's gay. It just I feel bad for the guys, and I, I don't tip them either. Because I, they shouldn't even be there. That shouldn't even be a job. You don't need it. It's unnecessary. Yeah, um, you get them a, a lot of a lot of the nudie bars in Detroit, the upper scale nudie bars in Detroit, have those. It's like it's like they're not getting enough of your money. They're charging you nine bucks for a beer. They're charging you fucking twenty five bucks to get in the door. Cut fucking coach stands for thirty dollars, and now they want me to fucking tip some black guy that's got his hand out when I'm taking a leak. Yeah, I mean it's it's what's, what's the point of doing that? All right, it's we just get, carried away. We we got one more call. Um, it's a uh, a holiday shit story, which uh, we were just talking about shitting at the bars. D and Lance, uh, this is my first time calling, long time listener. I've got a nice holiday shit story for you. Uh, a number back, number of years back, I was out in the Philippines uh, trying to do a dive course, and uh, doing a what for the dive New Year's oh. holiday uh, and Christmas holiday, and uh, New Year's Eve. Not New Year's Eve, sorry, but uh, Christmas Eve, I was out at a club and, uh, you know, started feeling pretty bad, you know, like I uh, really had the runs and I and I had to go. So I uh, was a couple blocks from my hotel room, started walking back and, you know, halfway there, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. So basically, you know, doing the sort of duck walk while you're holding it in and trying not to shit yourself as you're walking down the street. That's what I did for the last block or so and See, I finally get to the hotel pants. and I almost make it to the shitter before I let loose. So I know something's wrong because now after this, I can't stop shitting all the time. I just got to go to the bathroom. So I go and see a doctor and, uh, turns out I had some sort of parasite. Now going to see a doctor in the Philippines isn't like going to see a doctor here because when you're in the waiting room, I'm looking up in the rafters and I see a giant rat walking by. So that and the fact that my doctor looks like he's a Filipino version of Doogie Hauser, like he's about 15 years old. <laughs> any rate, long story short, I'm walking back from the doctor with medicine in tow, and uh, all of a sudden I have the urge to go again. And I cannot make it to a bathroom, and I cannot make it to my hotel room, and I'm walking down the beach in front of everybody. And I can't shit myself in front of everybody, so the only option left is to run into the sea. Of course. And yeah, I mean, why not? Wait for a wave Good to move. break over me and, you know, basically now, let the, loose. The risk here is that a lot of fish start swarming around you <laughs> trying to eat your fucking pant load. Well, you, you know, you hear about uh, girls, like, not going into the water when they're on their period because they attract sharks. <laughs> like, what happens well, if you well, shit yourself, you have diarrhea in the ocean? I don't know. Do sharks, like... Uh, Brown shark stuff. Too. Brown shark. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknownst to all the beachgoers there. 
So that's my holiday shit story. I, wow, I, I feel bad for this guy. This uh, this dude ends up having to go shit in front of everybody, and uh, you know they probably you could tell. I mean, how deep did he get into the water? <laughs> You know, somebody no. at the time was probably t- trying to take a photo of the clear blue ocean of their tropical vacation, and then there's just a guy out there with a big brown cloud surrounding him. Well, yeah, but if he was like in the Caribbean where he got that see-through light blue crystal yeah. clear water, he'd water. Be able to, you'd be able to see what was going on. He'd be you know surrounded by a huge black or brown cloud. But I don't think like in the in the ocean he's talking about with the waves and the foam and all that shit. Probably nobody was the wiser. You know, I mean that's what the ocean is. It's 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 the world's toilet. I mean, you go in there, you piss, you shit, you blow a load. I mean, the, that ocean is is so vast. You know, nobody probably fucking was the wiser and knew what was going on. Well, what do you do but if you're at a like a hotel pool? Like you're in a Vegas casino and you're at the pool and you got to shit and would you do it in the pool? Well, I've shit in a pool before, not on my own, not like on purpose. I shit in a birthday party back in the, I was in elementary school, Steve Irish's house. He had a birthday party, a pizza Steve party, Irish. a pool party, and I shit my fucking swim trunks. Yeah. I was trying to get out of the pool when I shit. Like, I, I was trying to get out of the pool to take a shit, and I shit before I could even get on the deck, like up on the pool deck. How old are you, 16? Uh, what's that? How old are you, 16? Uh, <laughs> I was probably... 35. <laughs> Original party pooper. <laughs> yeah. But I, the funny part is, like, uh, mom at this party, I was probably, I don't know, what it was, fourth grade, third grade, holy, and that, I don't even know how old you are at that grade, but the mom, I was in the bathroom because it was a club. I mean, I fucking shit like just a load in the back of my, in my swim truck. And uh, I don't know if any of it swarmed out and got in the actual pool by the time I got up to it. When I got in the bathroom, I mean, I pulled the trunks down and just globs of shit fell into the toilet. And obviously I had these shitty swim trunks and I was in there trying to figure out, like, you know, I'm a kid, I don't know what the fuck to do. And I got these shitty trunks and I was, and the mom, uh, Steelers' mom knocked on my, on the bathroom door and asked if I was all right. And she figured out that I shit my fucking pants. So she gave me, like, uh, uh, uh like borrowed me a pair of uh, swim trunks and shit and a shirt and stuff to wear. And, and but the best part is she didn't throw my fucking swim trunks in the laundry or throw them away. She threw them in a clear plastic baggie. And I, had to, I rode my bicycle home after the party, and I had a clear baggie. And I rode by what I call the Wheeler House, which was a bunch of uh, you know teenagers that were older than me, and they were heckling me as I was driving by asking what was in the bag and it was a, it was all my poops for it was my fucking swim trunk surrounded by poop and spores and a whole bunch of fucking shit they were heckling me as i went by <laughs> what did you have it strung over your back or like how were you holding it you're on a dirt bike right yeah it was on a dirt, like i had one of the it was a magnum or whatever the, the little uh yeah, it was like a, a dirt bike, a BMX bike or whatever. And I'm pedaling that. No, I had one hand on. I was back then. I used to ride no handed a lot, you know, just pedal no handed. And I was either pedaling no handed or one handed. And in one hand, I had this clear see through plastic baggie. And all these hooligans were out on the porch and yelling and asking, "What's in the bag, kid? What's in the bag?" <laughs> What did they know? Like, I was just, and I kept pedaling faster because I, I didn't like the huckling, you know? So I was pedaling faster to get out of that environment as soon as I could. And I literally know there was, you know, spores and poop and residue. and I mean, did, uh, did the kid who had the birthday party, they bring this up, like, you know, the next week at school? Oh, it, it made it. It made it to the hallways of uh, Hughes Elementary School the next Monday for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could imagine that would have been big news back in elementary Probably school. Probably one of the first things that set off my low self-esteem for the next 40 years of my life was me shitting in a pool at a pizza party. <laughs> Probably hasn't helped boost my self-esteem. Yeah, look where it got you today. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm on the phone with a fucking Jew and a dude yeah. thousands of miles away talking about me shitting my pants at a pool. Yeah. It's cheaper than the psychiatrist. It is true. That is true. Exactly. So, uh, people, you can call the show 206 666 We got to get out of here. Uh, as always, go buy t shirts. Uh, we have print steel. Did you see the prints that uh, Wackley and I made? Are, are those the gayest thing you've ever seen? Of course. Those are the gayest, but maybe the most fantastic things at the same time. They're so gay that they're almost not gay because they're, they're so over-the-top gay. <laughs> Probably the best you can be said about it. Beautiful pictures. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were sending us pictures. They've been using that picture as a Christmas tree ornament. Like They just stuck I that like picture one. in their tree. I don't have a Christmas tree, but I'd like, I'd like a signed photo of it, whatever the gayest pose you guys have and your little matching yellow sweaters and the, the looks on your faces are unbelievably priceless. Well, I, I want to be up on the wall next to Red Fox and Richard Pryor. I'll, I'll, I'll frame you. You send me an 8 by 10 I'll frame it. I'll put you right up by, you name it. You want the black, the black right, side the black of my side. house or the black white side? side? Black side. Okay, because the white side has got like Charles Bronson and Clint Eastwood and then the, the black comic wall and then I got the white comic wall. But if you want to be near with like Pryor and <laughs> yep. those guys... I like Steel's I like Steel's segregated dorm room here. All right, we're gonna be on the black side. I, you know, after I'll email you. I'll get your address and uh, I'll send I'll send you an eight by ten signed. Um, awesome! I look forward to it. Yeah, because my, I'm still second. My I think the Brown versus Board of Education does not apply to the dorm room. It's like still a, very it's very like segregated. It's, like a, it's really more like a prison. Like you got to keep the blacks in one side because it just cause chaos if you try and house everybody together. Yeah, like I said, I. I It'd be like I said, I gotta keep Charles Bronson on the other because he's in his movies he shoots blocks all the time. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, so I can't have them near each other. Bronson will shoot him dead. Steel, when you're on the white side, are you drinking bourbon? And when you're on the black side, are you drinking like night train? Ripple. Yeah, Ripple. usually Ripple or Colt forty five, Steel Reserve. Well, that's good. That's good. Some sort of malt liquor. Hey, do you think we should uh, send a signed picture to Martin as well? Who uh, Martin refused oh, to come on the podcast. Uh, what, what did he say to you? He was just like, no, fuck those guys. They'll never have me on the show. What, 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 yeah, was, what went I, I down? I called him because you, you corresponded with me earlier this week saying, you know, we're going to do the show. You know, uh, you gave me the date, the time and stuff and said, do you think Martin would like to participate? I said, fuck yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, of course he would. All he does is bitch and complain every fucking year about you guys never having him on. I think the last time he was on was a couple summers ago when Wackerly was lost over in Europe or whatever. Martin yeah. and I came on to help oh, you host yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years and that ago. was a couple years ago, and he's bitched ever since because you know, I come on once or twice a year or whatever, and he never comes on. And so I thought, well, fuck, Martin will love to do this. He's got nothing to do. He's fucking probably getting baked and shit. What the fuck was he going to do? He's got nothing on his agenda. So I called him up, and he answers his phone. I'm like, hey, Martin, uh, D, here's the date and time. You want to go on sick and wrong? And he's like, no, fuck those guys. They never have me on unless I have a handler. That's the only time they want me on. So fuck them. I love Steele's considered to be the handler. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not a hand, and like I can't handle Dougie. Dougie has his own handlers. I didn't realize that was Martin's handler until apparently he self-proclaimed me his handler. <laughs> I think four so, people yeah. is too many for the calling. It is tough. It is tough to have four people on anyway. But 
But yeah, it would have been nice to hear about uh, Martin. Does Martin send you a Christmas card? No, they never have. I don't know if they send them to anybody, but they've never sent me one. So, wow. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't really see the Martins sitting down and writing Christmas cards. I, I just couldn't imagine that picture of Martin just smiling on a Christmas card wearing a, a red and green sweater. There isn't enough Photoshop in the world to make that look even presentable. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'll will send him a, a special print too. Why not? He might as well have. He could put one on the tree next year. Um, Sigarong <laughs> yeah, song of the week. Sigarong song of the week here was actually picked out by Steel inadvertently because he doesn't know about it. But uh, Steel posted that uh, a link to the Christmas song from the '80s, "Feed the World." Do they know it's Christmas time? by Band-Aid, which was a British supergroup put together to raise money to feed starving kids in Ethiopia. And uh, you were saying, well, you were commenting on it, like uh, the absurdity of the song. Why do you hate the song Feed the World there, Steele? Well, I mean, I don't know if some of your listeners are too young to remember the song, but even if they are, I'm sure they, all radio stations in every market in the country play, some just play exclusive Christmas songs between like Thanksgiving and you know, the actual Christmas day. And here there's a station that does that. And usually in the daily rotation is this song by Band-Aid, which I think consisted of Bob Geldof. And there's a whole bunch of British artists. Bono, Bono was, uh, Sting. What's that? Bono, Sting, Bob Geldof. Yeah, uh, a whole bunch of, of British uh, artists from that 80s time period put the thing together to raise money for the Ethiopian kids that were starving. And I never really, you know, I fucking never really paid attention to it. And obviously, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more bitter and more miserable. And when I heard the song come on the other day, it, it dawned on me, like the chorus is, see the world, do they know it's Christmas time, talking about these Ethiopian, starving Ethiopian kids. And my problem with the chorus is, I don't know who the fuck face is that came up with this chorus, but did they really stop and think about the chorus? You're talking about Ethiopian children that are starving to death. I mean, they live in mud huts. They shit on their living room floor. They don't even know when to I swat like they have a horse flies away from their starving bellies. And yeah, I'm sure they know it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, do they have a living room in their hut? <laughs> Yeah, the whole hut is their whole hut is one big living room. They sit there, they eat there, they eat guano, they do whatever they fucking do. That's that is their hut. It's just one little room, and that's living room, kitchen, bathroom, you name it. That's the living. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Like, are these? I mean, do they even? I mean, they're not Christian or. or... Jewish or anything, so I, I'm sure they're not celebrating any holidays. The, the only thing this kid could really wish for is Angelina Jolie or Madonna goes over there and adopts him. Yeah, you know, and, you know Sally Struthers was over there every for a whole decade in the 80s fucking trying to raise money for these fucking kids, and she never fucking adopted a single one of them and brought them back. I think she maybe ate a couple of these kids, but what I think happened, because she's she as big as a fucking house. Herself. Yeah. Do you so think they, did they donate all the money raised from the song to the Ethiopians? Is that, is that the point of uh, Band-Aid? Yeah, at the time, it was, you know, every, every you know, obviously Africa has been starving for years. Kinnison had a great joke about, you know, in the 80s, a classic joke of the first album about the starving kids in Africa. They're always going to starve because the food, I mean, the, they, they can't grow anything there. They don't live in a... Everything has to be sent to them or donated to them, and then the fucking warlords get a hold of it. They never they see maybe two grains of shitty rice before it's all fucking said and done. So usually it goes right down the tubes. Always donate. I, I highly doubt 
the money and the food, there's probably about 5% of it or 10% of it actually gets to where it's supposed to go. The rest of it is pissed away or stolen, you know, or rocks before it ever gets off the port and shipped to them. I mean, who the fuck knows, but yeah. Yeah, Bono's buying another Lamborghini. It is a ridiculous song. And that's why we're going to end the show with it. Feed the World, Do They Know It's Christmas Time by Band-Aid. I almost said Band-Aids there. Uh, Thanks, Steele, for picking that out. (laughs) That's a whole different... that's a whole different charity. That's, yeah, that's a, a completely different charity altogether. Usually involved in AIDS, quote, something to do with Freddie Mercury. We'll, we'll talk about that. Next yeah, time. was Freddie Mercury in this video? Was he part you of Band Aid? I don't remember. I, I have to go on Wikipedia and maybe look at who all was in it. Because if you remember right, it was it was the British version of Americans uh, singing "We Are the World." We are the world. Jackson. Yeah. You know, that was also to feed the kids in Ethiopia or Africa at the time. And then I don't remember which one came first, but they were, they both were kind of competing with one another for these, you know, to get to these starving children. (laughs) How come you and Martin never did a a special song for the starving kids in Ethiopia? Uh, Well, we once karaoke'd uh, Ebony and Ivory, if that has any uh, bearing on raising money for kids in Ethiopia. That's about the only time we've ever sang. I would like to have video of that. Anyway, uh, so everybody, thanks for listening to the, the holiday show this week. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. New Year is just around the corner. Do you guys have any uh, particular New Year plans? What are, what, what are your New Year plans there uh, for New Year's Eve, Steele? I think you guys already know them. I think you asked me this last year. I, I usually, I hate New Year's Eve. I hate everybody's attitude on New Year's Eve. Their, 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 you know, their New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose weight. I'm not going to drink as much. No, I'm going to be the same loser. Like, I, I don't make resolutions. I'm going to be the same prick, miserable loser, pathetic, cynical prick that I was in 2014 and 2010 and 2001. I'm going to be that same person. I am not making any changes. So I don't even like participating in New Year's Eve because that's all you hear about, and it's all couples. So what I've been doing in the last several years, and this is pretty well documented, I have a Charles Bronson movie collection. I sit and drink. (laughs) I start about 6 o'clock at night. I drink some bourbon, sit by myself, and just watch Bronson after Bronson after Bronson movie. And that's fantastic. Didn't the Unabomber do that? Wasn't that the Unabomber tradition? (laughs) Ted Kaczynski, wasn't that what he, or was it, was it Bronson? Are you or? trying to say that I might go on some sort of mail bombing screen in the next couple of years? That could be around the corner. Don't, don't count me out of doing that. Well, it sounds like you have your New Year's ritual there. So what about you, Wackerly? What are you doing? Well, I'll be going to wine country. Wine country. Now that sounds yeah, very uh, effeminate. Um, that sounds very faggy, yeah. Yeah. That's so, what I'm doing. So you're going to go out to a winery and just... Uh, so I'd Sample rather not elaborate. Grenaches. <laughs> yeah, Grenaches. I, I think we can pretty much guess what's going to go on there. Yeah. This is, a, this is a Mary Lance that I wasn't really, I'm not really fond of. I mean, this you winery have to take it, tour. Yeah, I know. It's the next it, it, level when you're married. You can't just what, sit around. What are you going to do, D? Probably go to the bar. I, I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, actually, surprising. I think uh, my, uh, my girlfriend's friends are having a party, so I'll probably just go to a party. Or something. I don't. You know, I don't really have any New Year's plans. I don't even have that many friends. So it's you know, it's not like uh, New Year's is all that. I never look forward to New Year's. It's awful, I especially it. in L.A. It's a horrible holiday because it's the traffic's really bad. It's expensive to get a cab. I, I'd rather watch a Bronson marathon. It sounds more fun. Yeah, see, but you know, I think you should ask your wife, Lance. Maybe, maybe this winery is what she wants to do. Maybe she'd like to watch Bronson, Bronson all day long. 
Well, well why not why not combine the both? like go, TV. <laughs> why not go to Napa, bring go get a bunch of Bronson DVDs and just sit there and drink your uh, fine Grenache and watch Bronson. Right. The, the you know what? The, uh, <laughs> the aroma of this Grenache reminds me of what Charles Bronson's mustache must smell like. <laughs> Hey, if you remember, there's a great scene in The Mechanic where he is drinking wine and squeezing a wax ball, talking about his philosophy on life. A wax ball? A wax ball. (laughs) Because it strengthens his grip. Oh. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys have a a happy new year. Steel, thanks for being on the show. It's always good to have you on uh, Second Wrong. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll check in again uh, probably in uh, six months or so. And hopefully Martin won't be so bitter. Um, and, uh, you know, he'll get the sand out of his vagina and he'll come back on the show. It'd be always great. I wouldn't count on that. If you know, Martin, his bitterness usually only gets worse over time, not better. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Once we, once he gets this print of uh, me and Lance specially signed to him, personalized. Uh, there might be a Grinch moment. Yeah. I think his attitude might change. Well, it's a nice peace offering. Anyway. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and all that. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night.
hopefully Lance's wife can train him. To she knows the how to use. She knows how to use the toilet. Oh, okay, you never had to train her. No, no, she came pre-trained. Oh, that's you're that's lucky. Great. You're lucky because that can get messy. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> you're lucky you didn't marry Terry Shadowman because she couldn't. She didn't want you. Well, the thing is, when you're married, that can just happen. That's what happened to that guy, right? Yeah, yeah she he didn't thing. marry her all shivoed out. He, he had to deal with oh, yeah. what happened when he was married. Do you think they still yeah. had sex? I mean, it's his right. Well, I I would have taken you know take her feeding tube out and maybe get a Hummer once in a while. <laughs> what position though would you use with someone who's essentially a vegetable? Like any position, I guess. She's move just around. in uh, her bed, her hospital bed position. You don't really want to move her around because, like Steele said, she's got a lot of tubes coming out of her. Go yeah. Ahead. You yeah, be real ginger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right, let's uh, end this at <clears throat> some yeah, point yeah. today. That'd be yeah, good. that's an inappropriate conversation. <laughs>